Welcome to Story Radio, the podcast for readers, writers and lovers of short stories everywhere. Today we're listening to Maddie by Sheila Kinsella. I arrive unannounced at Julie's door on a hot afternoon in June. In the garden I pour myself another glass of white wine and shove the bottle back into the crushed ice. I scan the herbaceous borders, taking in the mass of tall blue delphiniums lording it over the trailing white hydrangea blooms toppling over like falling ballerinas. Typical of my sister to have colour-coordinated flower beds. There are no washing lines here. Matching spiral topiary trees sit either side of the Welsh blue stone garden path. There's a teardrop-shaped swimming pool just in front of the summer house. Julia swishes towards me. The skirt of her designer dress defying gravity as it floats behind her. I feel underdressed in my bargain basement jumpsuit and sneakers. Admiring the view, Mads, she says in her plummy tones as she tops up my glass. Thanks, I reply. Why does she insist on calling me Mads? Yes, it's gorgeous. How's your flat? Julia sips on a spritzer and glances around her. Our eyes don't meet. I remember how I left it. Dirty laundry overflowing the basket and unmade bed. Dishes soaking in the sink. You mean my one-bedroom bijou apartment in a popular area of London? I smirk. Don't knock it. You've no commute. Julia takes my hand. Come and meet my friends. That's my job, I say. But she doesn't hear and drags me into a small group of women whose various tucks and nips make their ages impossible to determine. Hi, gang. This is my sister, Mads. Julia drops my hand and introduces her friends one by one, each time touching their arms. This is Jackie, and this is until I can no longer remember their names, and they all become a blur of expensive flowery dresses and flashy jewellery. The air is filled with the clattering of bangles and ice cubes clinking in glasses. The tall blonde smiles, a smear of red lipstick trails across her front teeth, like a snail leaving a veil of slime. Nice to meet you. I didn't know Julie had a sister. She smiles, flashing porcelain veneers worthy of a toothpaste advert. Allow me, and refills my glass. I'm the poor cousin. I watch Julia Redden. The women exchange uncomfortable glances. And what do you do, Mads? Blondie asks. It's Maddie, I reply. Oh, I thought, uh, sorry, Maddie. Silence. What do you do, Maddie? She insists. I'm a bag lady, I say. Blondie chokes on her Prosecco. A sudden hush gains momentum, like a blanket has been thrown over the gathering. I love bags, Blondie laughs. Not handbags, I reply. I collect things people no longer want. Oh, upcycling, it's all the rage, isn't it, girls? She looks around for affirmation. The women squirm and chuckle nervously and breathe a sigh of relief when Julie announces that the food is ready. I feel a nudge at my elbow. Mads, can you give me a hand? Julia glides through the house to the kitchen with its brilliant gloss surfaces, black granite worktops and high-end appliances. 
I think about my worn sink and cracked floor tiles. Can you take these trays through to the patio, please? Julia hands me the volivants and mini chicken drumsticks. I traipse through the living room, eyeballing the design of furniture and massive television. The ladies cry yummy in unison and hover around the food like a flock of twittering sparrows. Julia pushes past with a plate of triangular cucumber sandwiches and a wad of serviettes. She sets them on the table and goes back inside. I stand, drumstick in hand, staring at a bank of dark clouds drifting over the hills, swallowing the weak sunshine. Looks like rain, a dark-haired woman says before popping a volivant into her mouth. I give her a serviette and point at the sauce dripping down her chin. Thanks, she mumbles and wipes the offending mess away. Tell us about Julia as a child, she asks. In my sister's absence, the ladies gather round me like ants on a trail of sugar, their stilettos clicking and scraping on the stone tiles. Expensive perfume lingers in the air. Here, have a top-up. Blondie pours me more wine. Not that I need any encouragement these days. Julie's my big sister. I sip my wine. Massive age difference. No offence. Blondie touches my hand. Yeah, well, we grew up in Toxteth. That's Liverpool to you. Money was short. Mum and Dad adored Julia and set her on a pedestal. She was always top of the class. I paused to save her eyes on me. Until... Julia returns with a large oval plate with a whole cooked salmon glazed and decorated with thin slices of lemon, cucumber and bunches of red currants. Divine! Blondie says absent-mindedly over her shoulder and turns back to me. Julie glares at me before going back into the house. Hey, I'm not her servant, am I? Until what? Blondie says. I look down at the grey laces of my sneakers and their scuffed white toes. The woman's silence implores me to continue. All eyes are on me. I'm not used to the limelight. Somebody fills my glass. Must be great to have a sister. I've got two brothers, the dark-haired woman says. Silence. I empty my drink. Like magic, it's refilled. Julia got into trouble in her teens. I take a swig of wine. We're all vulnerable at that age, Blondie mutters. Jake. I drain my glass. Dark-haired lady picks up the wine bottle and replenishes the glass. Twenty-four to Julius fourteen. Rough and ready. Towels or black hair. You know the type. We've all been there. I wish. Blondie giggles. He wore a leather jacket and rode a motorcycle. <coughs> Sorry. What happened? Her grades plummeted. She skipped school. She got pregnant. I place my hand on the table to steady myself. The women gasp and shift on their feet, their eyes darting back and forth, looking back at the house. Still, they sit around the table, nibbling savoury treats and supping Julia's wife. The baby? Blondie asks. Adopted, I say flatly. Tragic. The dark-haired one offers me a cucumber sandwich. I'd no idea. It's not something you'd advertise, is it? Blondie quips. Mum and Dad always focused on Julia. They didn't really notice me. Julia rushes in, a 
tea towel over her shoulder, wiping her forehead with a paper towel. Her eyes are pink and puffy. Sorry, the telephone rang. I couldn't get Mum off the phone. She fusses with a cutlery. How are we doing? Enough to eat and drink? Lovely spread, Julia, Blondie croons. Delightful, dark-haired lady agrees. If the weather holds, we can swim later. Julia looks up at the sky. Maddie here's been filling us in. Blondie twiddles with a strand of hair. Julia laughs nervously. How is Mummy, dearest? I ask. Uh, fine, she says hi. Julia moves the wine bottle and places a plate of food in front of me like a cat presenting a token dead sparrow. I feel the sun's rays on my face as it breaks through the clouds and warms my skin. Sunshine! Anyone for a swim? Blondie asks. The shuffle of shifting bodies from the table answers her question. You can change one of the bathrooms up or down, Julia says. You'll find towels in the summer house. You can change in one of the bathrooms up or down, I repeat in a timmy voice. What's wrong with you? Julia asks. Wrong, I slur. What's right? Julia eyeballs me. Anyway, why did you show up today? I haven't seen you in 18 months. The tinkle of fading, chattering voices drifts towards us and away on the breeze. It's all right for you with your posh house, swimming pool and BMW parked on the drive, isn't it? I spit the words out. It's not all a bed of roses, you know. Julia brushes imaginary crumbs from her lap. Oh dear, trouble in paradise, I snort. What have I got? I shrug my shoulders. No job and no money. If it's money you need, I can help. How much? Throw money at it. <laughs> Typical bourgeois solution to everything. I get up and take the wine bottle back, slamming it down on the table so its contents burp. Get another job, Julia says. Yeah, just like that. I pour another glass of wine and spill it over the table. Oops. You won't find a job at the end of the bottle, Julia says. I glower at her. If I could smash this bottle in her face and get away with it, I'd do it right now. She's high and almighty cow who forgets where she came from. I know, I say. Know what? Come on, Mum must have told you. I hit the table with my fist. Oops, Grandma. I've got to get used to new pronouns. This is neither the time nor place, Julia whispers, her face white with dread. Sorry to gatecrash your little party, Mum, but it's kind of my whole life we're talking about here. Splashing sounds come from the pool. It's far enough away not to hear, but Julia turns the music up with a remote control to drown out our argument. I raise my voice. How could you? Let's take this inside. Julia stands up. So your fancy friends don't hear? My head aches and my heart thumps in my chest. You all lied to me for 25 years. It was for the best, Julia says. You never wanted for anything. But you're my mum, and mum and dad and my grandparents. It's so screwed up. I catch sight of Julia's friends swimming. Their suntan limbs rise from the water to slip back under barely disturbing the turquoise pool. You have a good life, Julia says.
Everything has changed. I'm not who I thought I was. My eyes well up. You're the same person. No, I'm not, and I never will be. My heart thumps in my chest. Don't you even want to know how I find out? Julie glances at the pool and back to me. I'm sure Mum... Oops, sorry, Grandma told you on the phone, I snigger. All I wanted was a passport and I got a new mum. I'm sorry. I order a birth certificate because she couldn't find mine. Mother, Julia Sims. Father, unknown. The sound of wet feet slapping on stone and dripping water approaches. Hey, are you guys coming in? Blondie reaches in her bag for some suntan lotion. Is everything okay? Family stuff, Julia replies. We'll be with you in a bit. She flicks her eyes at me, imploring me not to say anything. Okay, Blondie does an about turn. What do you want me to do? Julia says. Do? I scowl. Look, why don't you have a lie down? Julia's arms are around my shoulders, urging me up. Come on. By the time we're indoors, I'm sobbing. I can't stop crying. Huge swells of grief heave from my body. Julia half drags me to the bathroom. Bile rises in my throat and I vomit the entire contents of my stomach into the toilet bowl. She cleans me up. I can no longer speak. I feel an empty void inside of me. I sink into the bed. She takes my shoes off, places a glass of water on the bedside table and a bucket at the side of the bed. She draws the curtains and leaves. Through the window, I watch her step down into the swimming pool to join her friends, relaxing and sunning themselves. I lie back and sleep. That was Maddie, written and read by Sheila Kinsella. The producer was Tabitha Potts. If you're enjoying our podcast, don't forget to subscribe for free so you can listen to a new story every month. Goodbye.